Last week, we heard the perspectives of two young single Latter-day Saint women. Today, we turn the tables and talk to two single Latter-day Saint men who share with us their thoughts, experiences, and you won't want to miss their answers to the question of how being single has changed their relationship with God. I'm Erin Hallstrom, and this is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Our guests today are Sefa Palu, who is an Australian young single adult working in digital marketing, and Steve Silberg, a single adult who is also a stand-up comedian. Both are men you may recognize from participating in LDS Living videos over the last year. Sefa and Steve, welcome. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. So I'm going to start with a softball question. Why aren't you married? Oh, classic. Uh, How long have you got? How long have you got? Isn't this Is there something wrong? <laughs> Sefa, do you know? So many reasons. I am yeah. well aware. Yeah. Well aware of. I've taken inventory. I do this probably every three months of what I've, what's Don't wrong with me. That's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> the tears. <laughs> okay, so, the tears so, and the crying. Can I just say clearly that's a joke question? I mean, I mean but, but, but you want to answer it for real. It is a joke, and we've done that before, right? We did the video of yeah. why are you still single. Yeah. But And as funny as we joke about it, like I still think of it. Like all the time. Like yeah. like where you say, yeah, there's times where I go, why am I still single? Because you do want to figure it out. Like, do I have a blind spot that no one's told me about? Yeah, yeah. This is like a, and uh, there's got to be a puzzle piece that I'm missing that's super important. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I sometimes that? think that. I know that's false thinking, just if you're sitting at home, because uh, I don't think there is like yeah. a missing ingredient. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's things that you can improve on, but that's not going to stop when you get married. It's not like, oh, now you did it. Like, it's not the pinnacle, right? Okay, real first question. Mm. Although that one worked really well. You guys still answered it, so thank you. What does it look like to be a single man in the church in 2019? I don't... I don't get... I kind of get... Don't get the question, to be honest. What do you mean, what does it look like? From my perspective... I mean, like, what's what's your experience? Is it... I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is it alienating? Is it is it a, a positive experience? Do you feel supported? Um, I think there, if in, with adding the year to it, I think there is more single men in the church now mm-hmm. than there's ever been. I know that people talk a lot about how many single men are dropping out of the church, especially as they get older. Um, and Interestingly enough, like my community of friends that I've had, but maybe it's just because of who I associate with, haven't left. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the friends that I have who are, are girls have left. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Which I think is contrary to the numbers, actually. Um, so it could just be my personal experience. Um, I mean, I feel as supported as I've ever felt in the church, though. I don't feel like an abandoned group. I went through a moment where I felt that way. And if I'm like super honest, if ever the little inklings of maybe the church isn't for you, it came during that time when I felt unsupported. And um, I was like, yeah, we've been forgotten about. I thought that, but I, I don't think that that's logical. I think actually that little whisper is not, it's not of God 
and and so that like moment where I was feeling not as supported, I think I was also just in a dark place at that time. Mm. So you don't think that was just like your own thoughts in your own head? I think it kind of was. I mean, it was when, it was when, so when I turned 31 and I had to go from the uh, YSA to the single adult ward and there was, it was, when I did that, there was kind of a mass uh, transfer in Utah. They used to kind of be loosey-goosey on the age. I remember exactly what you're talking about. And you know that time. But then they really honed down on it and we're like no if you're 31 go everybody go oh really and and at that time a lot of people dropped and it oh, was like wow. because you just felt because you go to the single adult ward where previously nobody had been going and it sort of was like i remember the the person who opened the door for me at the single adult ward looked like my mom Oh, wow. And she was like, welcome, <laughs> and was super happy to see me. And, like, I thought, am I supposed to? Giving you a program. Like, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. I'm your mom and your date. Like, I was so scared. And well, I felt like I screwed up somewhere. Full disclosure, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet on this podcast, but I am, I'm single. And so I have that connection point too and I just I still remember the first time I went to a dance and a single adult dance a single adult dance mm-hmm. and I actually at the time was a young single adult but I went I was home for some for a Christmas break or something my friends like let's go to this single adult dance <laughs> and I went and I'm not joking but literally people that taught me in primary were there that's a yeah. little disturbing and it, isn't it if, feels it feels wrong and but at the same time i also feel guilty about feeling that especially now that i'm a little bit older yeah i think oh wait but they're people too but right but, but right it does there's there's this this jarring sense of belonging and experience that 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 brings out but like i i feel like my my experience is the opposite with that like and maybe that's naive of me because i'm um, I'm not yet single adult. I was going to say, it could be an age difference. But with me, I'm almost kind of excited because I'm like, oh, well, I ha- still have all my hair. I have all my teeth. I'm going to be the hot new thing in single adult if it gets to and that point. Right. I'm like, I, I cannot wait to be doted on. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely I don't mean to laugh as if that's not true. Because, Sefa, I believe it's true. I, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, that's just me. Do both of you attend singles wards or in, are any of you in neighborhood wards? Uh, I'm in a singles ward. Okay. I'm yeah. in a singles ward. Is that what they call now, neighborhood wards? That's what I call it. Okay. I like it. But it, I, I feel like, actually, this is just my personal soapbox. I feel like calling it a family ward is not actually what it is. It's it's a ward that anyone who lives in that neighborhood should belongs yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. And so uh, sometimes I think words are make a difference yeah. not sometimes i do think words make a difference so yeah and i don't know if my reasoning is is wrong for not going to a fa- uh oops a neighborhood ward um is because uh i'm my schedule's super busy and mm. family wards tend to uh neighborhood wards wow it's so You'll easy get there yeah they, they take up your time man they do <laughs> all the callings are like lifestyle callings like when you're a youth leader yeah it's it's mutual. You're making sure everyone's going to seminary. You're having scouts. I will have, say, though. You know what I mean? It's some of, the, some of the most fulfilling experiences I've had in church service have been because of that. Oh, 100%. But at, but yeah. at the same agree, time, yeah. like everyone – and the thing that's beautiful is that 
we have these options and we get to choose yeah. what fits for our our spirit, our life, and our experience and your schedule. Or Yeah, which I know is, I don't know, even saying it out loud, I'm like, eh, it's not a good reason. I, I love those uh, idea of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But. So what would your response be to those people who say if you are single and over a certain age, you just aren't making an effort? You might have a point, if I'm being honest. That's <laughs> About fair. My, my own personal experience, I'm yeah. like, yeah, to be honest, like, would I rather spend my time doing X, Y, and Z? Like the past couple of years I went to school, I went to BYU-Idaho. I graduated without getting married there. I didn't really date, not much. Oh, that's a lie. I had relationships, but I never, it wasn't like a, oh, three dates this week with three different women. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. wasn't about that. I was about more, the relationship part was fine. It was just the dating part. That's not a hobby to me. It's mm-hmm. not the same as like, it's. I feel like sometimes it becomes synonymous with, oh, go on a date tonight. It's almost the same as go bowling tonight. They're not the same. Like dating isn't an activity to me. Well, is the sheer number of of actual dates equal effort always? No. And that's the thing. That's a good question. No. (laughs) I'm going to say no. I felt like that was a very like honest answer to be like, yeah, maybe not. The whole Joseph Smith kernel of truth when someone gives you criticism. I, I think... My immediate response would be like, I don't know, I'm trying pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's some there's place some, that I can improve yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that is revealed to me all the time on areas where I can improve. And can we you, all? Wait, all? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think everybody can. But with when it comes to those moments, though, do you are you the are you do you, are you more confronting of those sorts of questions to yourself? Or do you, are you honest with yourself, but then not with everyone else? Like, what's the process for you? For me, I'm kind of like an open book. Yeah. Um, I have no filter. But with you, I know <laughs> that's what it's great. like for everyone. I'm like, oh, someone's you're not but putting what? an effort. I'm like, oh, you are right. <laughs> I, I think I'm more uh, reserved than you are, mm. for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I try to be authentic and go, yeah, yeah if I can improve here mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, at least that's only a new thing for me, though. I just am more eager to make mistakes now because I'm like more accepting of that and more realizing like, oh, good, I can make mistakes. And and honestly, the right girl, I am of the mindset now that I am not going to make a mistake with the right girl that she's not going to be able to forgive. So I'm looking for someone who's very um, forgiving and empathetic. And uh, I've definitely already burned some bridges with that idea. So in your experience, are men treated too harshly or do you think more blame is landed at your feet for the single, if, you know, if, uh, setting it up as the, the church having this single adult problem, right? Where not enough singles are finding each other, getting married. There's, are, it, Do you feel like more blame is laid on the men of the church for that? I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I don't think men are treated too harshly, but I think we definitely could encourage men more. I think we tend to take kind of a little bit of a a football coach aspect with men <laughs> and like you got to get out there and, you know like, <laughs> like as if it's like a pep talk like yeah. but not like Denzel Washington remember the Titans it's more like it's like a uh, fat camp or something yeah yeah like like you got like you beat them down the a little bit the biggest loser camp like I, you're going to do this basic training 
I'm actually really glad to hear that because I feel like I'm apologized to on behalf of men. You know, I'm so sorry that they don't have their act together. Or whatever. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Does, Does that that's make the you kind feel of, better? That's the kind of narrative that gets that gets said to single women a lot. Oh, and I think it's a little bit of a of a cop out pandering kind of thing yeah. to you. You know, like like it's not you. It's yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> and I usually I usually actually push back on it and I'll and I'll say, no, we're all in this. But but I don't know that everyone does. And maybe my experience is not everyone's experience. And that's just to be clear about everything we're talking about. We really can only talk about our experience, our experience and not speak for everyone's experience. So in response, yeah, in response yes. to that, like when people tell you, oh, it's the men of the church, the, the pandering, the, women, the pandering, does that make you feel any better? No, it doesn't. And I think it used to, though. I think initially, uh, several years ago, it used to make me feel better where I said, oh, it's all on them. So I can just stay here in my castle and not worry about it too much. Right. You know, because I've had a few years of those years where you're like, well, no one's coming around and I don't ever meet anyone. And oh, well, but it's on them because the men haven't been trying hard enough to know that I exist in this castle that they (laughs) don't know exists, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. And it was easier for me to believe that it was on men. Yeah. Because their responsibility. It's your responsibility to do the asking. It's your responsibility yeah. to show interest first. Mm-hmm. And I have had a change of heart about that. I don't believe that's true anymore. I think we are actually equally responsible for interest and showing interest. And yeah. women have to be places where... They can actually meet people in order to feel. I mean, I, the problem is, is that we all have heard these narratives, and I'm going to go on the soapbox, and maybe we can cut some of this. I don't know, but we all have these narratives that we've we've heard, and maybe you guys have heard this too, where so and so's person just evaporated or not evaporated. What's the opposite of evaporated? Materialized yeah. next to them, and the sun shone down and it was the person and it just will happen when it happens so mm-hmm. all you have to do is just wait because that's what i mean I, yeah that's one of the things that bugs me the most is a lot of times you'll hear people say like well when you stop trying so hard is yes. when it's gonna and i'm like no 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 no, no. stop your line of thought oh, because no. that's never that's worked that's never been the case ever that's not even doctrinally supported no. stop trying and then it'll happen yeah no, that's a lie yeah, that doesn't. Show that's not how you get a job. After all you or can or do, don't ever do anything. Yeah, because no. <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's the scripture, isn't that, it? Isn't it? That's how it goes. Jesus said, "Don't try at all and stop thinking about it." Yeah, Joseph Smith stopped praying, and then that's when God and Jesus appeared. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> no, it doesn't seem to no, follow. That's not how it works. <laughs> so, so, do you ever hear misconceptions about why you're still single, and what are some of those? What would some of those be? Uh, yeah, um, you're too ugly. You're no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just my mom. Oh, oh, there, no one has said that about <laughs> no either one, one of you. Um, it's uh, I think you're too picky is one that yeah. is a hard one to hear. Uh, I say hard one. I I don't like hearing that because it's like I want to talk about picky. Why? Why is that one hard? If someone says you're too picky. Um, it just it takes away the options of and you get to fall in love and you're like shouldn't i be able to be attracted to my mm. future spouse i think that is okay to admit that that can be a big part of it and that you're allowed to be attracted to that person 
And like when they when they start to go, well, you know, the prophets have said that you could make a marriage work with anybody, just anyone, and that's absolutely true. And uh, well, I, I believe that to be true, you know. Um, but uh, gosh, I just don't think that's a good idea to start a marriage off where you just go. She'll do. Let's just <laughs> yeah, she'll do. Now, I do believe there are things that we can refocus on Mm -hmm. and that would be a better way of wording it but it's like it's not a conversation that you can have in the hallway it's something that it's like this is a deep conversation you need to have with this person where you can go okay well what are the things that you think you need to have Mm -hmm. and there might be things on that list that they're making in their mind that they don't need to have that could be changed and so that could be the picky part of it but it's like you can't just go, are you being too picky? And they're like, you're right. Well, it's dismissive. Yeah, yeah. It just turns yeah. it off. And it's always – you're right how it said a lot of the times that sort of question or misconceptions they're given in such a casual way that I can't – in the moment I don't have time because I'm usually in between stuff. It's usually like a, a fa- like a drinking fountain conversation or in the hallway that I'm like, even if that were true, whatever it is that you're insinuating about me – I can't give it any sort of credence right now because I'm in the middle of something. Like this isn't uh, – that sort of analysis that's very introspective needs to be done more on a personal level. Like you need to take time to do that inventory if that's a process you choose to participate in. But in regards to somebody casually asking me, I can't give it any – I can't really give it any weight in that moment because of the way you asked it. I don't think I don't, I don't know. I don't personally find it particularly offensive or anything. I don't mind if people insinuate stuff. I can usually just brush it off. But if you wanted to actually genuinely know, I I can't give it to you there. Yeah. So I want to talk about women for a minute. What expectations have you felt from the women that you date? I do feel like maybe expectations have uh gotten lowered a little bit like um in a good way um i don't know if it's in a good way actually i think i'm fine with expectations staying somewhat mm. high because then you feel like yeah i got to step up what yeah. do you mean lowered like uh, you, um and it may, and and this is maybe more just men in general not necessarily mm-hmm. in the church I think just in general, we're just kind of like men are kind of, it's like the sitcom thing where we had sitcoms 10 years ago that where the man is the dope, right? And and I think unfortunately now we have, I don't think we have dopey men, but I don't think we have men with as, I feel like maybe um, drive Mm. is down. Or leadership, or something like that, like is stepping up initiative. Yeah, and it's because, and I don't know if that's true or if that's just me guessing, um, because it feels like it's not as encouraged in society right now. Like it's more encouraged for men to play like a I'm sorry, like a role <laughs> on the sideline where you're like apologizing for being a man or something. And like I, I would agree with that because my experience going from I'm from Australia. I served in New York, and then I live here in Utah and BYU, mm. Idaho. Elders Quorum is awful everywhere. It's almost like there's no effort <laughs> put in to Elders Quorum as soon as we separate from the women. You know what I mean? So Sunday school, everyone's raising their hand. Everyone's volunteering to um, share mm. the scripture or say prayer. But then all of a sudden in 
Elder's Quorum, everybody's a mute. And it kind of yeah. goes to show that idea of just there's no initiative just to have initiative. It's always like if there isn't an end goal to this, then men won't really put an effort. I've wondered about that. And I yeah. hate that. The, I hate that. Yeah. That annoys me. Without the prize at the end mm-hmm. kind of thing. You want people to just be good mm-hmm. for the be sake good of to being be good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So do you think there are misconceptions about LDS women that exist? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Well, I have so I have a couple of friends back home who are similar in my age. Some of them are a bit older than me, uh, girls who are still single as well. And they always are told, especially one in particular that I know I can, I'm thinking of her now, where she's always told, oh, you're too good. And she's had multiple oh. guys tell her, you're too good for me or you're too good for the men of, uh, of Sydney, which is where I'm from. And that frustrates her. I've talked to her about this where I'm like, that's rubbish i don't like i personally don't like that and i know that she doesn't like that um and i think that is a common misconception where girls are put on this pedestal and boys are scum well i i don't mean to brag but i have heard <laughs> i mean you are wonderful i wanted to no, make that clear thank you, thank you are you. one of them no but but i have heard that in terms especially in regards to people because i've i've been more proactive by asking people to set me up and that is the response. Thank you. <laughs> that go. is the response I get from 90% of people I ask. They'll say, oh, I can't think of anyone who's good enough for you. Why? Just because you're active? And, I'll, and I stop and I say, well, pretty great. Yeah. No. But and I'll stop and I'll just say, don't, have, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. I'll figure mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, yeah. that's my like, job. Yeah, that's my job. Just make an introduction for me. But that is, but that is absolutely something I think that that is can be a little bit destructive because it it just because what does that help anyone? And isn't that what you want? Like, why would that be a deterrence for a guy? Why would you go? It's like, oh, I don't want the gold. Oh, I'll take the bronze. Like, you know, I mean, you're in an Olympics and you mm-hmm. have a choice between the three. Why would I choose the bronze? That's ridiculous. I want the gold. So wouldn't you just go for it? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they just but the, in their mind they're they're trying to be so protective of you, but yeah, it's, that's it's what they want. too far protective where yeah. it's like hurting your uh, your ability to meet more men and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. What do you wish the general church membership understood about your experience? Hmm. Uh, or what would help you that it's. It's hard that it doesn't go away. It, there's not a moment where you can just go, oh, life is tough and today was tough, but I can go home to that person who loves me and I can have that repose. Um, your connection, your person who loves you is th- – there are those people in your life for a single person. I mean, you you still have prayer. You still – I mean, you might still have loving parents. Some people don't. Um, but yeah, the, the loneliness is a constant companion. Um, and that's heavy and it's hard. And that's what I would want people to know. Thank you. And mine would be more geared towards the people who are still single. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Like every, like 
There is, but there's something wrong with everyone. <laughs> sure. You know right. I mean? Just because you're right. married. Back to that conversation. No, that's the key. There's married, something wrong with all of us. There's something wrong with everyone, and you don't need to feel so – you don't need to ostracize yourself. Hmm. Um, and I think getting outside of yourself – like you can still serve in the church. You There's still work to be done. And that's the biggest – thing i wish a lot of the single people would know like every time there is like in my singles world whenever someone does give a talk they always talk about principles to apply pen like pending principles to apply because we don't have a family yet i'm like you can still do those things now there isn't a set of uh principles a set of uh, gospel standards that can only be applied when you have a family no you can live them now you can serve now like there's nothing wrong with you that you can't be a active member of the church. And I think that's why at least the people I've known who have kind of fallen away, they feel like there isn't a place for them. And again, I, I wish everybody in the church knew this, but I think it's more important that those who are single know it for themselves first, because then what everyone else thinks becomes irrelevant. I love that. I wanted to give a standing yeah, ovation. Really? Just that. that was beautiful. Oh, and that and was exactly. Perfect. I'm cheering. Don't Google it because somebody else's name will be attached to that statement. No, <laughs> so there are many stigmas around being single in the church. We've talked about some of them. What do you think God feels about your being single? Oh, I've never thought of that. He's probably waiting. This is a pretty lot, bit of a long time, Silva. <laughs> I've given you a lot of opportunities. <laughs> and I or, gave you some leeway. <laughs> or maybe let me rephrase. How do you feel God – how do you feel your relationship with God has changed? Oh, it certainly makes me turn to him a lot more. Um, I mean, I I definitely feel like – He's our, he's my cheerleader. I think, I definitely yeah. think that, that there's people on the other side who are working to help. I don't know how, but they're doing things that somehow is helping me find that right person. And it, it sure is a motivator. I don't know why, but it helps get me on my knees a lot more. Um, I feel like I've prayed about this harder than I've prayed for a long time. Like when I'm like, Man, I prayed like this on my mission, but hmm. here I am doing this for for this thing. But and it's good because it increases that relationship, so that suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, and my life isn't just being single. My life is so much more other things. And so then you can get lost in prayer and other mm-hmm. things. So I think it's been really, really helpful in uh, in fun ways because of that. That loneliness stuff has made me go, oh well. Th- that's who's there for me. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, it's increased that relationship because he knows that I feel lonely and I think he's felt what that feels like and is happy to help yeah. me get through it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's much, I'm much more aware of his presence and I'm much, I have a stronger conviction of his existence because of this time um, of being single. Like I'm more aware of him and I feel like he, is more aware of me as I, as that relationship grows mm-hmm. stronger. It's awesome. I, I what I, what he thinks of my singleness is just like, just hang in there, kid. Mm-hmm. There are mo- there are quiet moments like in the, the, those times where it's like kind of the way it gets, the loneliness gets a bit intense. There are quiet moments where it's just me and him, and I'm way more aware of him. Yeah, because there aren't any distractions around me. I'm not. 
I'm in this I'm in this kind of struggling time period and I I feel his presence there. It's awesome. I love that. Thank you. So this is a question we always ask at the end of our podcast. And it is, what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? We love this question because there's a wide variety of answers. And so there's no wrong answer. But um, I know you guys have thought about it. What what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, my... Uh, because you you told us this question would come, and I did think about it for a while, and I thought I it's repentance for me, hmm. um, being eager to always be improving, and being totally fine with feeling shame sometimes and guilt, and going, oh, this is a one of those growth times where I get to reach out and use Jesus Christ to make my life better. I still don't love feeling guilt or shame. Mm. I don't, but I don't view them as bad things. I think I've heard a lot of people say, you know, they'll say like toxic guilt or whatever. And it's like, I think that's because you're not using the next part, uh, which is Jesus Christ. And for me, all in means that I am using Christ as my savior all the time. And uh, it makes it awesome because then suddenly when I go with my attitude of I can't really make too many mistakes, um, I am going to make mistakes, but that's okay. It's all covered. And so I'm just eager to make mistakes and eager to repent. And that's my all in. Thank you. And mine is mine's about uh, being in the right place at the right time. I find that my motivation Sometimes it's fleeting. If I'm going off of just my feeling, I'm like, oh, there are times where you wake up, I don't want to go to church. Or there are times where I don't want to fulfill my calling. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that God requires of us. But just show up. And maybe that's the bare minimum for some people. But for me, I'm like just being at the right place at the right time when he expects you. If your church is at 1030, you will be there at 1030 Mm -hmm. because that's where he wants you to be. Thank you. Thank you both so much. I feel like I have learned a lot, and I also feel like I have been through a therapy session, so I appreciate (laughs) that. I'm I'm grateful to you both for being so vulnerable and open and for allowing us to chat today. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening, and thanks again to Sefa and Steve. For more episodes of All In, please visit ldsliving.com slash all in. If you enjoyed listening, please leave us a rating or review. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.